Welcome to Behind the Curtain, LA Opera's podcast series in which we look deeply at the creative process and explore opera's enduring themes and power to move us. In this podcast, Dr. Tiffany Kuo analyzes the importance of patronage in opera and the arts as she examines Pearl Noir, Meditations for Josephine by composer Tishan Sori, whose work Death is currently streaming at laopera.org. Tiffany Quo's discussion of Pearl Noir, a staged song cycle conceived by Peter Sellers and sung by soprano Julia Bullock, helps us to explore and expand how we conceive of the operatic canon. This discussion was recorded as part of LA Opera Connect's professional development series for teachers, Opera for Educators. Traditionally, we associate operas in this sort of conventional approach. We start, say, with the composer, and we might dive into a work, perhaps accompanied by a score reading, and then we would talk about plot and characters. And this approach is publisher-influenced. Composers are the main actors, and their masterpieces are the subjects of study. If we flip through a music history textbook, we see the outline of music history is chronological and playlist-based, which means it's composer and work-based. And so what I'm proposing is that it's not a zero-sum game, right? You can incorporate more works if you think from a different framework. I love to talk about cultural context. And for operas, it's about the production. What did it take to produce an opera? A production of a stage musical work requires many actors and many resources. And we can begin discussing any period with the concept of patronage. So here we have Taishan Sori and Julia Bullock. And the piece I'll be speaking mostly about is Pearl Noir, Meditations for Josephine. It premiered in 2016, and often current works, particularly 21st century, particularly those that uh, works that have been only performed recently, are left out of textbooks. And this particular piece is also not even an opera, so I'm really pushing the limits here. Um, Taishan Sari labeled it as a song cycle, which it really is, though I think of it as something really blurring the boundaries of a song cycle, a monodrama, and a melodrama, because it is... Um, it is dramatized and there is a choreography, there's a stage design, there is um, script. And so once again, I'm going to use the same framework for a production beginning with patronage. And if you think in terms of late 20th and 21st century patronage, what kind of patronage is that? It's philanthropic patronage, which means private donations that fund nonprofit organizations. So what I'm going to do is highlight the venue as a nonprofit organization, and then the creative team who put this together, and then the myth of um, who is Josephine, and that is Josephine Baker, and then the singer, and last, I will talk about the composer. So I'm going to assume that some of you may not know this work because it was only uh, premiered five years ago. So I do, I want to begin with a music excerpt, um, and this is from the premiere from the Ojai Music Festival. Um, and I've chosen this style to, to showcase who they are as singer, as composer, and also what the Josephine Baker songs are. And this is meant to be a medley. Je m'éveille, tu m'aimes, je t'aime. 
So um, let me go into what this production is. Um, I hope I got you hooked because that was absolutely um, fabulous. Every time I hear it, I just smile the entire time through. It premiered on Saturday, 11th of June at 10.30 p.m. at the Ojai Music Festival. So a little bit about Ojai. Um, the Ojai Music Festival began in 1947 with two founders, John Bauer and Thor Johnson. And it really came to its sort of like fullest, um, what it, it's now known as a contemporary music place one weekend in June um, when Lawrence Morton became the artistic director. And so what he did was he refocused the programming so that would be a place where contemporary works and invited guests and really famous invited guests um, like Igor Stravinsky, Arnold Schoenberg, Luciano Berio, Pierre Boulez. And those were just from, you know, the past. And these days, some people like Taishan Sari, uh, Peter Sellers, and I'll talk more about him in a bit. Um, they're invited as visiting directors. Um, and I can tell you a bit about this organization's finances, in fact. The majority of the um, Ojai Music Festival's revenue source, um, somewhere between 60 to even 90 plus percent of their revenue in the past 10 years have all come from contributions. So this is truly a philanthropic patronage, right? A combination of private gifts, grants, and fundraising efforts. 2016 was a very special year. It was the festival's 70th anniversary, and they invited Peter Sellers to be the music director. Um, as music director, he programmed the, the weekend. And so he programmed also Sariaho's Passion of Simone. He also programmed Carolyn Shaw. This might also be a form of dreaming, in addition to uh, Sorry's Black Pearl. And also it featured um, also like non-Western music, which I also love, um, the South Indian vocal ensemble with Aruna Sairam. And all of this, by the way, you can watch on YouTube. The Ojai Music Festival has uploaded quite a bit of their um, seasons. You know, in terms of patronage, like that's the, the, the organizational structure, right? And so then we go down that sort of framework that I talked about from the patronage system, then we have like, who are the impresarios? So I do consider Peter Sellers to be someone very prominent here. Um, you probably have heard of Peter Sellers being opera lovers yourselves, right? He's produced and created mesmerizing stage works for the past decades now. Um, you might know of his staging of John Adams Nixon in China, Death of a Klinghoffer, Dr. Atomic. He's also very well known for restagings of old works, um, sort of, you know, canonic works like Mozart. Another person who is also involved is Claudia Rankin. She is a poet and she was charged with the task of writing poetry about Josephine Baker to be recited. Um, Rankin herself is a famous poet. Like I said, she had co-edited several anthologies. She has six collections of her own poetry. She is a MacArthur Award Fellow, as well as um, Peter Sellers, as well as Taishan Sari, too. Um, she even co-founded an institute called the Racial Imaginary, which promotes interdisciplinary work on race. And last but not least, she is a full professor at Yale University. Another creative of this team, also very important, is uh, the choreographer, Michael Schumacher. There is not a lot of choreography, but the choreography that does happen is very important and is very unique. The next part is incredibly important, the uh, ICE, International Contemporary Ensemble. It was founded in 2001 by yet another MacArthur uh, fellow, Claire Chase, and it's a group of classical musicians committed to performing the latest contemporary works. 
The ensemble began uh, with Oberlin Conservatory alumni, and since then it's grown to many members and sort of changed members into in and out. They're based in New York as well as in Chicago. Um, they have premiered more than 500 compositions worldwide. Um, and their collective is around 30, and it's a mixed group. Taishan, as well as Julia, are both in this uh, collective of ICE. So now we go to sort of what is this myth? Like, why Josephine Baker? And Josephine Baker is a complicated character or historical person. She began her career um, as a dancer in vaudeville, then moved to New York, then to Paris in the 20s, where she became incredibly popular as a singer and as a dancer. Um, and then you might know that she also was a spy uh, for France during World War II because she would be performing at the front lines and she could actually like capture information and then take it back. And next, she's also known as an activist. She was very involved with the civil rights movement in America during the 50s and 60s, opposing segregation. Um, she was also involved with the March on Washington. And last but not least, she's also um, very well known as someone who adopted children. She adopted 13 children from uh, all different countries. While these facts are all true, Together, they sort of form a mythology of Baker. And the point of this song cycle, and I kind of think of it as an opera, is to deconstruct that myth. So Sari uses the myth of Josephine Baker to connect to the present, to connect to the contemporary culture. And so when Peter Sellers, Taishan Sari, and um, Julia Bullock were composing this work together, really it's a collective. Um, Peter Sellers wrote to both Bullock and sorry to suggest the following. Her life story, that is Baker's life story, is exemplary for its inspirational achievement and for its crushing setbacks and wounded blinded mistakes. Through it all, she kept singing in costumes that became more and more extravagant and bizarre. Our evening will trace her exhilarating breakthroughs and terrifying descents across a series of songs. Um, and the idea here is that Taishan Sari wants to examine Baker's self-consciousness and vulnerabilities rather than fame, than fortune and glamour. So he wanted to examine more in depth the qualities that are lesser known to listeners. And this came about because of Julia's experience as a biracial woman. Um, Julia says she was first compared to Josephine Baker when she began her studies in classical music. And she was told that, uh, Julia, that is, was told that she looked, reminded the teacher of Josephine Baker. And Julia was really shocked. Like, what do you mean? She's a lady who dances with bananas and I don't do that. And so Julia took that as like sort of a, a re-engagement with learning about Josephine Baker. So this is what Julia says on Baker after learning more and more about Josephine. For me, Josephine Baker is not merely an icon for women. She's not just an icon for Black people. She's an icon of liberty. So Julia incorporated Josephine Baker songs in her um, recital. Um, I sang songs that touch on themes that seem to pervade her life and the roles that she played. An exotic entity in a form place, a charmer, an activist, a nurturer, her struggles with exploitation and objectification, issues of identity, and the difficulties in maintaining intimate relationships. Um, and this is really important, once again, in that sort of deconstructing of the myth. Why are myths passed on? Why are they so important in stage works? And how do they relate to contemporary culture? Um, and here I want to share with you 
uh, one bit of the recitation that Claudia Rankin wrote, and that sort of really deconstructs our myth of Josephine Baker. Many presidents and movie stars and dignitaries and barons and countesses honored La Baker. I bring them to my feet, both the men and the women. They wrap me in furs so they can unwrap me. All I had was myself. I was the instrument that I must care for. It's a peculiar thing to value beauty without being able to see it myself. Backstage, before I step out, is not the only moment I question, is that ugly, silly person me? Those are the moments I pray away. When the curtain opens, I see my glory in their eyes. I am exquisite. The more I dance, the more beautiful I am. I have the freedom of a lover. Slow, then the seduction is faster and faster. The Danse Sauvage is finished. The Charleston, the Bananas, finished. Understand, I am an artist, surrounded by men in tuxedos. My art is an elastic sword of love. What I do on stage, the music tells me to do. Off the stage, I am in a royal box. I am a woman. Not a colored woman, not a black woman. I am a woman visiting the president. Even if my face is ugly and my teeth stick out, my eyes are beautiful and my body is intelligent. Every moment is a stage set for my next appearance. I don't believe in a lifetime, the rhythms of that. Only now and always now, I arrive as Josephine Baker. I hope you enjoyed that. That was absolutely a beautiful poetry and it really redefines who Josephine Baker is. And so that's the myth here, right? And we finally get at, so what is Taishan Sori's um, sort of relationship with Josephine Baker um, and with this work? He said the primary goal of Pearl Noir is to foreground the social issues dealt with in the lyrics. I want to evoke Baker's struggles in a way that makes listeners not simply listen to them, but feel them so that she and the message she sings of is being heard. And so it's, it's really um, sort of a poetic way of describing sort of this process, right? Um, and, and to then arrive at this point of like, this is the piece rather than sort of like beginning with the composer and then a piece and then arriving at, um, 
we can arrive at anywhere really. Um, but to take sort of the social context and the patronage system, and then to think in terms of the cultural context and the contemporary cultures, and then this instance, the last five years and the struggles of racism, um, and to incorporate the life and to rethink the life of Josephine Baker into this piece. That is definitely one of my favorite bits of this piece. And I hope I've perked your interest in going to the Ojai website and listening to the rest of this work. Um, and that, by the way, um, is a quotation of a Negro spiritual, which um, Taishan Sari and Julia Bullock wanted to end with something that is distinctly of her past, that is Josephine Baker's past. Um, and it's actually like halfway through this long spiritual in which Taishan deconstructs it. And then Julia sort of sings um, a, a version of it in Taishan's language. And it ends really, really dramatically. So I encourage you to go to the Ojai website and listen to it. You've been listening to LA Opera's Behind the Curtain. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, you'll want to make sure you don't miss an episode. Please subscribe and leave a rating or review on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen. Remember to share with your friends on your favorite social media, and we'll see you at the opera. <laughs>